Good evening, one and all, and welcome along to uh, Season 2, Episode 70, the post-LA uh, Rams show, uh, hosted by myself, Brian, and I'm joined tonight by my Celtic cousin from over in Scotland, Mr. Paul Stewart. How are things, Paul? Uh, not, too bad, not too bad. Uh, happy football's back, but obviously we're going to be talking about the first game of the season, so there's a lot to kind of cover today. <laughs> there there is, there is surely. Um, you fully recovered from the five five a.m. finish on Sunday night. Uh, I think I still got the caffeine injected into my veins. To be honest, <laughs> I, I managed to survive without caffeine, but I think I'm going to need it at some stage soon. Yeah. So uh, I, I, I think once this this show is over, I'm going to be hitting the bed straight away. But <laughs> you're, um, not, you're not the only one. <laughs> <laughs> But um, if, if, if we jump into it and have a quick look at our news round today. So, um, obviously, Cowboys lost 20-17, to 17, um, and we're going to get into that in a bit more depth. Uh, the Washington team of football had a victory on Sunday. The team with no name. The, te- the team with no name. Yeah. And as a defensive lineman, Paul, you must have been foaming at the mouth at some of the performances from that team. I'm I'm actually I don't I'm trying not to cross here, but god damn it my Washington's D line looked ridiculous. They looked yeah. ridiculous. Like Chase Young, holy crap, he is worth that draft pick. Like <laughs> it's just scary. Like I'm not like for, for our offensive line. Like when the future comes, when we do play Washington, I'm not looking forward to that matchups with Chase Young and that like because he mm. can play both sides of the ball left yeah. and right. So it'll be very interesting to see for sure. Yeah, uh, I I think we're lucky in that we're we're not due to play Washington in the next couple of weeks. So hopefully yeah. by that time we should have yeah we can get back yeah. Again to the rhythm, yep. Yeah, and that 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 will help strengthen it. Um, we also had, as a result of that Washington team of football victory, we had a loss for the Philadelphia Eagles. So um, we can't help but laugh at the Eagles going from seventeen zip to a 17-27 loss. I do believe. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Even we the loss. Yeah. <laughs> But that that team losing at any stage is is it's worth laughing about, <laughs> and um, not not to not to sound uh, trash talky or like because even though we lost, but it's it's always satisfying to see your main rivals, the Eagles, lose like especially in that dramatic fashion. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, then we had the New York Giants lost last night, uh, 16-26, and that was against Pittsburgh Steelers. Saquon so, who? Saquon who? I have to agree. I mean, he's been there for three, is this his fourth season? I think this is his fourth season now. Yeah. And everyone tells me, you know, you have to take number one in your fantasy draft. I don't agree with that at all. Uh, I, I don't see how he's better than Zeke. I don't see how he's better than Christian McCaffrey. And there's yeah. other running backs, I'd say, yeah. are of the same level. Yeah, 
don't get me wrong, like Saquon is a good running back. There is no doubt about that. But mm. when you make when you make the comparison to like uh, McCaffrey and Zeke, like it's no, no, it's not. And 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 last night showed that. Like, yeah. like New York shouldn't have the uh, the Giants should not have that excuse because they've they've upgraded their offensive line quite a lot this season. It's for the yeah. draft and for age for agency. So they should be focusing quite a lot in that run game. And I, I've Memory serves me right. I don't even think Saquon got twenty yards in that game. Mm. Yeah, I mean they've they have invested in recent years in that line. Like they've yep. taken Nate Solder from the Patriots. Right. They picked up Will Hernandez, who was supposed to be a road grader of a guard. He's not really lived up to that yet. Yeah, time on his side, but you know I expected more from him. And. Um, then, uh, yeah, as you say, well, it was Andrew Thomas they picked up in the draft, I believe. That's right. Which was, which was quite the surprise, especially yeah. because everyone was talking about Tristan Wirfs at the time. Like yeah. He would have been, he been like, the first hacker to go off the board, but no, it, it seemed to be Andrew Thomas. So Yeah, there we go. So be, be, before we jump any further, we must give a shout-out to our show sponsor, so Barry Griffiths and the team over at Cowboys Experience. If you are heading over this year, if they, if they do manage to get games um, opened up and fans in to attendance, make sure you book that through Cowboys Experience. You have the website there. Paul, as always, give, give Barry a shout out. You, you've experienced what it's like with Barry and the team. Yeah, I've been I've been with uh, over to Cowboys, Cowboys Experience twice before, and needless to say, it's it's definitely it says it in the title. It's, it's you know, it is the ultimate fan experience for all for the, any all Cowboys fans. Get to meet legends like Drew Pearson, former cheerleaders, uh, Cowboys alumni, and and current players. So, just for example, last season got to meet Michael Dallop, Kobe's. Uh, unfortunately, it's not what not not last season. The year before, sorry, it was yeah. 2018. I went before, sorry, and. Uh, Oh, met uh, previous years met Travis Frederick, Zach Martin, Jalen Smith. So you are meeting starting players within the, the, the Cowboys roster. You're not like just meeting backups or whatever. In that you're you are meeting the core players that make up this football team, and and not just that. Every time that you're over there, and they find out that you're from the UK, honestly, you get treated like royalty. That's all I can say about it. So every time I've been there, it feels so. I'm well, you're well looked after, well fed, well well watered. It's always a great experience. So yeah, be sure to check them out and use the Cowboys code UK Cowboys. Yeah, and uh, the thing just just to be wary with this year, I do believe Barry and team are also trying to set up a virtual um, experience. So yeah. keep an eye on their website, keep an eye on their Twitter, Instagram, keep an eye on all their feeds. Um, they. They are trying to organise something special, and I do believe Barry is going to be joining us uh, a couple of times over the season. So stay tuned for that. Yeah. Um, and for anyone who is watching us live, please don't be afraid to hit up the comment section, ask us questions. We're yes. we're only too happy to talk. Yeah, send your comments in. Give us your thoughts about the game. Who was your standout player on offense and uh, defense? Um. And who would you feel uh, about in terms of the injuries that we're going to be talking over? Um, like, honestly, send in your comments. More we can talk about, more we can uh, discuss, it, discuss it. So, 
speaking of, and a nice segue there from Paul, so the injury updates that we have so far. So Blake Jarwin has torn his ACL. He is out for the rest of the season. Yeah. Leighton Van Der Esch has broken his collarbone. He's due for surgery and will miss six to eight weeks. And Cam Irving, who didn't start at right tackle on Sunday night, um, has a, it's a pull on his MCL and he's likely to miss three to four weeks. So take it away, Paul. Yeah, Blake Jarwin's a big, big um, loss, uh, especially for fantasy football as well. <laughs> if you're, because uh, uh, we all thought that this was going to be his breakout year, especially after seeing that new contract. There's no Jason Witten in the team. All the reps were going to go towards him, and you saw the first glimpses of that throughout the game, and that uh, and, until I think it was a cold route. That what happened? He just took that that wee turn and just yeah. went, instantly went down, and you just kind of you just knew the way how he held his knee. It's like that's that's a serious injury. That's ACL definitely written yeah. all over it. And uh, and I think it was Stephen Jones that confirmed it in one hundred five point three. Yeah, uh, confirmed oh, yeah. that it's it's a full it's a ACL tear, so he'll be out for the season, which is a big big hit in the the team right now. But. Yeah. Um, yeah, and also with Leighton. Um, as much as I hate to say this, but if the way how things are going, are we really going to get a full season out of LVE at all in the future? Mm. And as his, like, and also when it comes to neck injuries, they should be considered what, along with head, like anything up here should mm. be the most important ones. Like, should they, like, should we kind of start looking towards getting replacements for him as well now? Yeah, Does, yeah, that's that's a good point in terms of what we should be doing. I mean, just to, to bring it back to Blake Jarwin, I think he's he's been the unfortunate player in the Cowboys roster possibly over the last three years, and if he had no luck, if he had no luck at all, you know, it's it's you know. Witten retired after 20, 2017. Jarwin was starting in 2018. They didn't bring in anyone. They could have brought someone in. They had that option. They had that draft capital yeah. there to bring someone in. They didn't. They believed in him. Witten came back in 2019, totally set Blake Jarwin back, and you were going, yeah, this is going to be his year, but no, it, 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 it's, it's just not looking good. Yeah, he was given all the motivation for it as well. He yeah. was announced, announced the starter. He was given the new big contract. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of trust and trust and the investment in Blake. And and needless to say, whenever he was on the field, like he did make plays. He did. Yeah. So yeah. and and that's the one thing we wanted. We wanted him more on the football field. So yeah. Uh, but yeah. And I think that was the thing this year was that they moved. Um, they switched uh, Jalen and Leighton and put, was it, I'm, I'm never sure if it's yeah. Sam or Mike, but they switched yeah. them around that it was Jalen who was supposed to be the lead in the linebacking core this year. Yeah, was, wasn't LVE playing mostly Mike for the whole game? Yeah, yeah, he was. For, for what for what games he did play, or what snaps he did play, yeah, he was playing as Mike. Yeah. Um, and I think that was more to allow Jalen to move to the outside to rush the passer. Yep. Um, we, we'll talk about that in a wee bit, but that was kind of more the thinking was Leighton would be your presence in the middle and call things and Jalen could concentrate on rushing the passer. 
Um, and as we say, Cam Irving, three to four weeks were, were you know, we all thought he was starting on, on Sunday and then it was announced that Terence Steele was starting. So we'd yeah, expect Lyle yeah, to come back. We, well, in fairness to Terence Steele, a lot of odds were up against him. He, considering it was his first cross game, he was up against one of the best defensive uh, linemen in the league, if not the best yeah. defensive lineman, Aaron Darnold. So, yeah. um, there's been moments like there was some plays, uh, some snaps that he actually held his own. But man, there was one, and this is not taken away from Steel, but it was from the other parts of the line. But we'll, we'll go into that later yeah. on. There was one play I just like, geez, oh, we need. As an offensive unit, we need to be better. Yeah, so, but I think but, I, uh, I, yeah, I think I saw that somewhere um, just be, just before we started talking this evening, and someone was saying that the O line for the Dallas Cowboys is a big worry and it's the most underperforming unit we have. It's it's so weird to say that yeah. after 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 your year were like top five offensive, like top five, like yeah. rated all those years. No, no, it kind of seems to be it's now in that weird, um, fragile state. Mm. That we're in. Yeah. So it's 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 going to be interesting. Like, I mean, we've already touched on it this evening twice. In that we were talking about um, possibly needing linebackers. I mean, I know Rich Jones, Graham Wilson always say this. When are we going to address the O line? And I think it's something we're going to be looking at next year. I yeah, really do. Yeah, especially, and and it's something that we've always talked about. It's like it's the are we going to get as much games out of certain players this mm-hmm. year, especially yeah. with everything's kind of going on, and and it's not just our team; it's other teams as well. Like you're you're seeing players getting injured. Like what was the LA Chargers player? I think he like, had to get the the cast on his leg during the game against the Bengals. I did not see that. <laughs> Yeah, I think it was like within the first five minutes of the game or something, like that, yeah. and that's him out for the season. Now I can't remember what the player's name is, but it yeah. just shows. But it just comes to show that it's it's one. It's just one of those scenarios where anything can happen. Yeah. You know? So if we if we move to the roster moves, so Mike McCarthy has come out and said that there are moves are possible up to Friday, and. Um, they haven't looked at anyone yet. I think at, at linebacker, we're okay in terms of we have Joe Thomas, we have Luke Gifford, and Francis but Bernard I, can all be promoted. I think, like, th- this is my personal opinion. Like, even though Bernard was the star drinker, but I think he should try and get that go ahead because I still think we still need that bit more coverage. He has that yeah. cover type of style linebacker. Yeah, absolutely. Get and then, yeah. Like I mean, why why not? He's, he he was tearing up trees in practice camp, so especially going know. forward, especially going forward for this game going ahead. Uh, yeah. But we'll leave that to the guys on uh, Thursday show. Yeah, absolutely. And then at tight end, um, there 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 hasn't been anything specifically mentioned about this. But of the three tight ends we now have on the roster, which are. Yeah. Uh, Blake Bell, Dalton Schultz, and Sean McGeown. They're all three of them are more your inline blockers. Um, yeah. They're not catching tight ends. I know when Dal- or when Blake Jarwin went out, Dalton Schultz had one catch uh, on a third down, which was key. But then he also couldn't get his hands on two others. So 
there may there may be looking outside for a tight end, but a name to watch out for will be Cole Hicatini, who's on the practice squad. Um, yeah. He was more of a of a receiving tight end uh, in college. He's he bounced around a couple of colleges, but in his last season with um, Louisville, and he was with Lamar Jackson at the time. Yeah. Um, I think, and I think it was in Lamar's Heisman year. He had something like fifty-eight catches for nearly eight hundred yards, I believe. So, what watch for that? And Stephen and Mike McCarthy have not ruled out bringing in outside help yet. But yeah. have you any thoughts on that, Paul? Um, I find I'll try to keep it as tightly sealed as possible because mm. I find there will be some acquisitions getting brought in, obviously way before the deadline and stuff like that. There will yeah. be something. like It's going to be a week-to-week thing. Um, right now, um, I find they're just trying to evaluate from what they've just what happened on Sunday and see what they've got at the moment. Is there really much need to be that desperate to go out into the market and bring someone in? Mm. Like, if, if anyone knows, like, it's bringing someone in who doesn't know the playbook, it's going to take them time to kind of fall in, depending on what the position is. If it's like uh linebacker or wide receiver or something like that, you need to know the play calls and you need to know the specific routes for those certain plays and whatever. Not if it's like, D-line or offensive line, then you just need to know what gap protection that you're essentially doing or what, if you're doing a pull or you, what, just depends really. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, I don't see anything happening in terms of bringing anyone in, if I'm being perfectly honest. I think you kind of nailed it. It's like we're, we are looking to those practice squad players as well. Because um, they've, they know the playbook that adapted to what McCarthy's already been doing. So it just makes more logical sense that way. And it doesn't necessarily hinder going forward with like a cap or anything like bringing this new player that they might want yeah. this bigger enough contract that it might hinder something, you know? Yeah. And I think that's, that's something you touched on there in terms of the cap. Like, I mean, we do have a lot of cap room now made available. Like we made moves last week in terms of, um, restructuring Zach Martin's deal in terms of restructuring to Marcus Lawrence's deal. So I think at the minute we've something close to 30 million available on the cap to us. Now, whether the plan for that is, is to carry it over to next year in terms of paying Zach or they're going to try and go after someone uh, to bring in, it remains to be seen. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But moving on to our initial thoughts on the game. So Obviously, we played in the, the brand new SoFi uh, Stadium, five billion palace or wasted money, Mister Stewart. What's your view? I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, couldn't, I couldn't care. Yeah, I don't get my wrong. It's a nice stadium and stuff like that. It, it's great for the it's great for the community of Los Angeles and whatever <laughs> not. And it's it's it. It's a pure entertainment center for 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 every, like it is multi-purpose as well. Mm-hmm. Um, same is kind of going forward with the the new Raider Stadium as well. I think the, the, yeah. the, the, personally, I think the new Raider Stadium is probably better. That's my personal opinion because it looks something out of Star Wars. That's my personal yeah. opinion. But that's the only reason why I'm saying it though. But um, I think I think the Raider Stadium was only I think roughly in the range of one point six to two billion dollars. Yes, yeah, so compared to five billion. 
yeah, it's pretty much half the price, but that's that's it's pretty much the the cost of living of when you think of the Los Angeles. Yeah, it's yeah. so much more expensive. Like you would think Vegas is expensive, which it is, but mm. Calif- Cal- like Los Angeles, California is pff, oh it's, yeah, it's really uh, you need to be super mm-hmm. to live up there. And what were your initial thoughts in terms of games that were played over the weekend? Obviously, there was no crowd, so, you know, there was piped-in noise, but, you know, I think we saw it a couple of times in the Cowboys game itself uh, where we jumped jumped and had neutral zone infractions. Do you think the, the lack of a crowd impacted on that? or? Um, yeah, I think so, Chris. Like you could hear everything. You could hear Jared Goff calling out the signals and that, but I think when you were getting into the rhythm, like this pretty much all happened within the first half of the game. They might they did manage to correct at like that uh, the neutral zones like as the game progressed. Yeah. Um, but this is the one thing I'm not a too f- a big fan of. It's the two point stance. It's yeah. because you're more like for me personally when I was in the two point stance, I was more trigger happy, so to yeah. speak. I feel so I'm more prepared to like launch like and if you're in your four point stance, you're more or less eyes on the ball because you're in yeah. that lower sense of gravity but yeah so to me it's just yeah I, I think it's more to do with how they were present like not so much position but it's the the uh, stance and obviously just lack of preseason, lack yeah. of um pretty much the whole list above of what the smaller training camp all mm-hmm. the all the reasons yeah um- like that, I think there was there was also restricted um, tackling during this this summer. Yeah, which, and that which didn't and help. that was pretty evident throughout the whole game, not just on yeah. us, but for all sixteen mm. games throughout the whole league. It was pretty evident. Like there was yeah. a lot of mass tackles. So, yeah. um, so for and I'm going to go off on a little bit of tangent here. I I, I spoke to you about this before, but. For anyone criticising about all the bit of missed tackles and stuff like that, you guys need to remember we've had no preseason, smaller training camp. Like it is pretty much no helmet, no contact within the first two weeks of training camp. So all these factors, then factors here, and people still expect perfection. I'm like, I'm sorry, but it's just unrealistic. It's week one of football of the brand new season with everything going on. You are bound to make mistakes, especially if you're a rookie as well, coming in here as well. Like, so I just wanted to cl- clear that little bit of air as well, Chris. Uh, and there was a couple of fans that kind of a like may have had to go at me and stuff like that for saying I'm accepting the what, what was it? I'm trying to remember the exact Media comment. I'm accepting mediocrity within the Cowboys. And well, if you know me, that is complete horseshit. I'm sorry, yeah. I cursed, but that is bullshit. I want Cowboys to win every game. But at the thing is, I critique and I'm, I value everything. Yeah. Like, like all the guys here on our show, like Brian, Mike, we go in depth and we try and assess what specific went wrong and what those reasons could be. It could be injury prone or it could be whatever. Mm. We just don't go and say, oh, fire Mike McCarthy is week one. I mean, that makes yeah. no sense. So so anyway, uh, sorry if I went off on a little tangent there, but I just had to... No, 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 no. Like, I mean, I think 
that was like I mean all all of us were were up on Sunday night watching the game, and I think probably yeah. I was the most reactionary of the, of the bunch of us. You know, in terms of I think at one stage I did make reference to this looks like a Jason Carrot offense, but it yeah, is, that, that, that's that's ridiculous. I think yeah, that, like I'm sorry, but yeah. I, when you're playing, like if you play the game, like nine times out of ten, you're 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 going to have the same scenarios. You're going to either have three receivers, four receivers, a running back. Like you're not exactly going to put on ten offensive linemen and say, "Oh, that's Jason Garrett." You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, see, like the similar formations in that. Like, yeah. Ah, oh, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's, yeah. it's, I find you. I find we're all on the same page now. Trying not oh, to yeah. react now. Yeah. I mean, I think that, that that was what I was going to say was in terms of it's why I avoid Twitter during a game and why I don't post on Twitter is because you're you're head up, you're you pent up aggression in the game. Yeah. When when all of us looked back on things and different scenarios during the game, we all agreed, yeah, I can see why such and such is happening. You know, I think on say on that fourth down play, I was calling for the ball to go to Zeke. And Mike said no, and or Mike was saying that CD Lamb cut out of his break early. You know, like that's a great thing with us as a group of people. We, we all balance each other out, which is great. Well, it's funny that you mentioned about the fourth down, right? So I was I supported that. I'll be honest. Yeah. I might, I might finally we can actually be a bit, a bit, a bit more aggressive. We're going for the win. Yeah. Which, like, and for someone to say, oh, bring back Gary to be more conservative. The game, uh, uh, it's like come on, man. It's like yeah. the thing that the thing that we lacked the most was having the balls to do something. Yeah, you know. So I fully support that decision, and and that's the thing. Not all plays work. You, you reevaluate. You learn the playbook. Sorry, yeah. you you look at the film, and you learn from that. And next time it will happen. That's it. Simple as that. And I mean, the thing is, like the great thing to see was CD did take ownership of it he came out after the match and said yeah yeah that's on me i broke early out of out of, out of my run yeah you could tell you took uh was it two or three uh yards less before yeah. the cut-in yeah so yeah because he, he should have been at least one yard above the the, the uh, yeah the first down marker for the first down marker was yeah and i mean yeah. it's great to see that he took the personal ownership of it and said yeah look that's on me but you know it was no Dak threw the ball badly or anything like that. It was like, yeah. it was me. I broke too early from my cut, you know. And not just that, Dak, Dak had to adapt the throw because he was that yeah. closer than usual. Yeah, so that is true. That is very true. So, feeding into our offense. So, on the night, I think in terms of the offense, I, um, it was a bit of a mixed bag. Like, I suppose we've already kind of talked about the offensive line. And I'm going to I'm going to give you the floor on this because I know you had issues with a lot of guys on the line, uh, specifically one man from um, from at left guard. Mm, yeah, yeah, Mister Connor Williams. Like, yeah. don't get me, like, don't, don't get me wrong. There was he had some good moments. Yeah, right? it made me eat a little bit of humble, like humble pie, or whatever. Not, but then came back the the Connor Williams just. Not having the better sense of uh, the lower sense of gravity to stop that Aaron Donald or whoever the other nose tackle was. I, I, I can't even remember his name, and I don't care because to me, Rams are still trash. But anyway, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but yeah, 
Um, there's, but in terms of the offensive line as a whole, though, there was one moment, and it was our friend uh, at Law Nation that posted this of the video clip, and it was horrible to watch. It was Aaron Donald coming across Connor Williams, but uh, the way how the play panned out, uh, Connor Williams had to make sure his left get up was always protected, yeah. and whoever, whoever filled in the right had to mark that up, but Joe Looney and Zach Martin were bundled together and absolutely crushed them right down, took them both out, pancaked the ball for them, mm-hmm. and, I'm just, yeah. I'm just, and I'm just like, this is not good. This is not good enough. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah. I think, uh, I think it's just a bit of familiarity that the guys are going to have to work into again because the pocket did seem to collapse a lot on top of Dak. The Dak was having to try and scramble or try and have to adjust, as you said earlier there about CD Lanthro, is trying to adjust what he was doing on the fly. It's just going to be take games. And there was a nasty situation where come to Dak was the Amari mm. Cooper throw. Like, yes. that was never intended for Cooper at all because his pr- first primary receiver was, I think he was double covered. Right? Yeah. And, 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 Cooper, and, and Cooper, like, he did not expect the ball to be thrown at him because, because no. it, was not, it was not designed for him. No. And, and so, and uh, people were criticizing this as well. You need to kind of remember, like, he wasn't the, the, the main target for that play. Yeah. And I mean, if you if you look at that play, that throw was actually it, it was more down to, down at his thighs more than anything. It, it was I mean, more right, 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 right in the hip. Yeah, like that yeah. doesn't make throws like that. He does not throw balls at someone's hip. Yeah. If if it was primary target, it would be between the numbers. Dak is that good. But yeah. speaking of Dak, so we can see the stat line there. You know, twenty five of thirty nine, two hundred sixty six yards, a touchdown. Yeah. No interceptions and a ninety-two and a half um, quarterback rating. So that, that's the big takeaway: is is zero uh, fumbles and zero picks. Yeah, that's that's a great takeaway offensively. Despite even though we didn't, yeah. despite we didn't win, but we didn't give the ball away from a where the Rams were capitalised from. Like yeah. there was no interceptions or whatever or not. But in terms of that, when it comes to the interceptions, we we did in defense. <laughs> we, did. we did. We did. So um, but the, the other point there that I'm just seeing is uh, he also threw to seven different receivers. So I think we're starting yeah. to see the, um, the playbook open up a little bit because obviously he had his four primary targets, but he also threw to Zeke. He threw to Do- uh, Dalton Schultz and was also one to Tony Pollard, oh, I believe. Uh, yep. Yeah, so Mary Cooper with 10 catches, 81, 81 yards. CD Lamb, five catches, 59. Gallup with three at 50 yards. That's actually quite good because that was only three catches. He gave only yeah. got 50 yards. So Gallup did a good shift regardless of the, the number of catches, but he still managed mm. to gain a lot of good yardage regards to that. So that was yeah. like a six, 16.7 average on, on Gallup. Yeah. So, so he's out there to make a big statement this year. For yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, He's he's out for he's out for play for that bigger contract for sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, Michael Gallup is in a contract. It, we know it's his third year, but it's effectively a contract because Cowboys are going right. We have Michael Gallup, we have CD Lamb. Yeah, 
Gallup has two years left and he has to show us that he's worthy of a contract. Now, exactly. whether he, like, I don't know whether he'll tie it, they can tie up big money in three receivers when you're already tying up a quarterback and a running back. But, you know, Gallup has to turn around and say to the Cowboys, look, I'm too good to be cut or to let walk. So, He's, he's, he's making it hard for us, that's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> from absolutely. a business point of view, and and, that's, and, and, and what more do you want? So, um, yeah, but, but just to kind of follow up on the rest of the guys, so Zeke only had three catches with 31 mm. yards, so even that still, most of those were screens. He still yeah. managed to get 10, 10 yards average put on that. Tony Pollard, two, two catches with 22 yards, Blake Jarwin, only one catch with 12 mm. yards. Unfortunately, we wanted more, obviously, with the injury. Yeah. And uh, Donald Schultz should have been two, but yeah. you know, one catch with 11 yards. So, mm. But when you add that all up, um, it's actually, it was okay. It, it, mm. the, yeah. But the, the, I think that the, the only takeaway is that like there were still the odd drop catches scenario. Yeah. But Again, it's the first week of the season. If, yeah. you were to, if you were to say from week four and week five onwards, then you'd be very concerned. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. I think I, I think the shining light of the game for us um, was, if we move along, is to uh, Zeke. I mean, as we say, he had uh, just was rolling through the bottom of the screen there. So I think it was twenty-two carries, ninety-six yards, a touchdown. Uh, Three from four, uh, 31 yards and a touchdown. I mean, what more could, could Zeke have done on the night? I mean, he also picked up a lot of blocks as well, you know, which is, it's great to see. I mean, it's the one part of Zeke's oh, game yeah. that he does better than any running back in the league. I don't see McCaffrey blocking people. I don't see Saquon or Alvin Kamara doing it. Yeah, yeah, like... If, the, if there was one thing I was quite happy with Zeke, like he was actually picking up some good linebacker blitzes during that game. Yeah. So that I was quite really, and same with Pollard as well. When Pollard was yeah. there, he was, he was the, like, like even though like when you compare him and Zeke in terms of size and stature, Pollard yeah. is a smaller bunnock, but he can hold his own. Yeah, well able to. I mean, in 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 terms of the first touchdown. Zeke was breaking ankles again. I mean, oh, the yeah. turn, of, turn, it turn of direction to get back. Yeah. I, I, if we're going to be talking about Zeke, we need to talk about his, uh, his new addition, which is his tattoo. Yes. I was I, I was I was considering whether to bring that up or not. Yeah, I think we should. I think we should bring it up. Like, yeah. I think it's, don't give it on, I think it's a bit corny, but at the same time, it's a, Pure marketing thing for him as well. Yeah, that's, that's what Zeke's all about. It's all about feed me the ball, feed me the ball. So why yeah. not get it? Why not get it tattooed? So, um, the guys in Madden, uh, NFL, EA Sports will have to kind of start doing that as part of a celebration. Yeah. <laughs> <Like that. laughs> um, and then if we if we do look at uh, you already called the numbers out there for Amari Cooper, uh, yep. 10, 10 of 14, 81 yards. I mean. I think Amari became a bit of a safety valve for Dak once um, once Blake Jarwin went out. It was short dump offs, more yeah. than trying to extend the field. He 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 used Michael Gallup and CD Lamb more for trying to extend the field. Yeah, yeah, and and that's the thing that like, I was quite like was he was he not supposed to be questionable for the game as well? He was, he was right. questionable. So. 
and and yeah, he still nearly nearly produced a one hundred yard game. Yeah. Uh, um. Well, sorry, eighty one yards. So it's still yeah. fair, but even still, it's still a good shift. Yeah, absolutely. And as we say, when it's, it's when most of them are short, dump off balls, and he and he wasn't trying to extend the field. And the thing we've heard for the 18, 18 months, two years that Cooper's been with us is he doesn't do it on the road. I mean, he did it on the road on Sunday night. Yeah, but the only thing I was missing is actually putting the points on the board. That was yeah. it. Um, yeah. Whether that's down to the actual plays that we had, the situation, whatever on that. Like, the, there was a few times where I kind of say, why didn't we run it instead of the whatever on that. Like, I think we all kind of agreed and there was a few scenarios where we kind of like... They, and that's where we're kind of seeing why people were saying about the whole Jason Garrett thing. I'm like, uh, mm. it's just it's just an unfair comment, really. Yeah, yeah, but, absolutely. But but I get people's frustrations on that that situation. So, uh, but my my even though I get a like so our receivers didn't get any touchdowns, I was actually quite happy how utilized they were. Mm. Maybe, maybe not as much uh, catches or targets sent to them. Yeah, but when our main core is primarily Zeke with the running game, you need to expect to see those numbers kind of drop down a little bit. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's kind of, that, that is a bit of a change from, from last year is that, yep. you know, and I know it's, it's only one game sample, so we will see how it goes. And I mean, I fully expect Sunday to be shared, but the guys will cover that on Thursday night yeah. is, you know, that we did try and run the ball. We tried to use, 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 use the clock intelligently yeah. but we weren't at any stage chasing the game where we had to throw the ball yeah yeah just just as well i think it's just like guys get your comments in as well because we want to really hear from you guys as well what thoughts of you did you feel like our receivers were performing well despite there was no actual points in the board from our receivers like just send us in your comments let us know what you think and uh, we'll we'll discuss it mm-hmm so moving on to your your favorite part of the game, the defensive side of the ball. So right. yeah, yep, 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 yep. The, the name has gone through the bottom of the screen. Alden Smith. Talk about it, Paul. Five years. Wow. Um, for him to come back after five years of non no football, where he was with. Um, just that, that slight that decline in life and just like dealing with what he had to do personally for him to come out and just was pretty much our most effective defensive lineman all night. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause yeah. I think they had the uh, six tackles and five assists. Yeah. Assisted tackles. So yeah. And, and, and one sack. So I think yeah. that was the only sack in the game that we had and it was, came, yeah. and came from Alden. So, uh, I can't help but just applaud like, for him what he did. But he, if there was one thing in terms of defensively, I still think we were really slow. I thought we were really slow, and I know just that we were really trigger happy. And this mm-hmm. is what I made the comment about the two point stance. Yeah. So we saw that early in the game, and it took us a while to adapt because yeah. from from looking at the, watching the game again, there was pretty much three things that Jared Goff was doing was the pass to Robert Woods to the left, there was the stream pass to Malcolm Brown, or it was the runoff to Malcolm Brown. Yeah. That was and it was all but mostly bootleg 
he was either uh, like he would just either hand it off and, and cut back the way, yeah. and because you would see that the whole defense would shift, and now yeah. that and you would then you would see those receivers cut back in again. So yeah. it was it's just a complete head fuck pretty much. So yeah. so strange the language everyone again, but um, but we might know and managed to rectify that into the second half. Mm. But I still feel as though we did lack speed. Like, yeah, and there was there was literally no pace in our defense. I felt, and, yeah, and 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 then, and this is one that I think you're going to go on. Yeah, more to, is is was uh, it, it is, but just going back on your point there, I think part of the reason, and I don't think it was that the defense as a whole were slow. I think it was Goff was getting the ball out so quickly. I mean. I yeah. think it was between two and two and a half seconds the ball was out of his hand from the snap, you know. So the defense were getting that chance to get a read and get after him because, as you say, the defense was moving. It was about like a handoff or a pass yeah. to Woods. And I need to give the offensive line for the Rams credit, though, because last, mm-hmm. last season they were absolutely trash, but they came out aggressive, yeah. really aggressive. To the point where they were shifting our defensive line two or three yards down down uh, down the uh, back stretch of the, the field, yeah. and I'm just like, ah, no, I'm sorry, it's just not good because we should be the ones that should be fighting for that gap, like yeah. hit that gap as quickly as excuse me, as quickly as we can. I yeah. just feel as though we were just kind of getting too held up, trying to shift, like, like fill, yeah. fill, we were just trying to fill the gaps rather than hit the gaps. So yeah. So, yeah. and. That that's probably the only takeaway I thought that I wasn't really too comfortable with because normally, because when you've got players like Poe, who was mm. known for hitting those gaps rather than yeah. filling up the gaps, if you're ever filling up the gaps, you should be getting two bloody offensive linemen a uh, double teaming you. We shouldn't yeah. be having we shouldn't be having that scenario with a forefront. Yeah, no, absolutely not. Um, you did touch on to someone else there, so Cheeto. Um, Cheeto had a there was there was some good there was some bad with Cheeto mixed game again like it kind of goes within the whole defense as a whole there yeah. was a lot of good good moments and there was a lot of like slap slap your head moments like the, what the hell is going on yeah. so but I think we know the one especially was the I can't remember who the receiver was uh, that done it to him but basically it wasn't even a stuff on it was pretty much just a be yeah and yeah. I think it was just, Higby. Yeah, it was Higby the tight end. Yeah, yeah. just took took him out, and you know there was, there was there was space available, and they got the first down out of it. But I know. but let's let let's try and highlight the good points. So uh, one half <laughs> defended, but most importantly, and what we've been crying out for for years, an interception. Uh, yeah, yeah, we got the interception that we've been crying for. Um, yeah. It's something like something we didn't really celebrate too much because it didn't really happen last season. But yeah. first game of the season, first game of the season, we might get a takeaway. But hey, I'm happy with that. But yeah. uh, but I think for for some of the players that uh, that did stand out as, uh, and you might agree with me, is Darren Thompson. Again, yeah. Like, a guy that we thought at safety we were going to be really struggling. I, I thought he held his own, mm-hmm. like nine to, nine total tackles and 
one assist. That I think he yeah. he was the leader. I think he was the leader in our uh, tackling. So, um, the- yeah, so, solo tackles. He was leader in solo tackles. All right. Um, yeah, but again, but he did have, he did have some bad moments in terms of coverage and that. But he, yeah, but, and the majority of the game, he kept it simple. What he was doing, mm-hmm. that. So, but yeah, um, if he can keep progressing from there, then great. Yeah. And hopefully that might ruin the whole talk about the Earl Thomas thing. I, I know that may be controversial. Some people might come and say, oh, he's 10 times better than Thomas. That may be true, but if he's if he's playing well on the field, why need to upgrade? Yeah. Uh, like, well, I mean, upgrade. Why, get, why, why bring an R player in? It's going to cost yeah. more money. Yeah. I mean, I, I called it two weeks ago when we were doing the roster show that I wanted a badass safety. And Look, I know, again, we're prefacing most of this with it's the first game of the season. But for a yeah. guy to have nine tackles, one assist, and I don't think he missed a tackle. I think, as you say, he might have missed a few things in coverage, but he didn't miss anything. It's, it's no, great it, to see. As far as, I'm, as far as I'm aware, not one tackle was missed. Um, yeah. It was just more so his positioning may have been wrong and yeah. uh, in terms of coverage. And it kind of led to like some Robert Woods getting... The mm-hmm. upper hand and maybe like a a, a Chido and whatever not. Yeah, and I know I know you wanted to touch on this as well. So Jalen um, had eleven tackles, five solos. But you 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 heard something before the um, the show. So if you want to take it away, yeah, he was rated eighth worst uh, performance and linebackers in the NFL based on Pro Football Focus, which are. Yeah. Uh, that could be down to a lot of factors as well. Um, don't get me wrong, he had a really quite quiet game. He did. It's not like Jalen, like as normally he is running across the field. Um, but I think the whole scenario again is um, with the injury to Leighton. Um, I think he's got that mindset. He wants to do everything and he's just doing too much rather yeah. than doing the sim- more simple things because we yeah. know he, he is a good linebacker. We know yeah. that. I think it's more to, he needs to kind of trust his other teammates like Joe Thomas and and once like a, who, if it's Luke, Luke Gifford or whoever Francis Bernard yeah. that does come in to like fill in the, the role um, of Mike or whatever, he needs to entrust his other t- a, a linebacker core to do yeah. their role as well rather than do too much. So I think that's I think that's probably why um, he's been given a bad rating because he's not doing what he was supposed to be doing mm. as well. Yeah. So on this show, we do give some love to our very special teams. So, oh um, yes, special shout out uh, to uh, the Puntisher. So I think he only punted four times. Reasonably solid. A bit of a bounce back from from what we've seen in recent years. I think most of his most of his kicks were um, were into the twenty, so yep. didn't didn't give short field advantage to um, to the Rams at any stage. And then Greg Zerline kicked his extra points and went one or two on field goal attempts with the miss being from fifty three yards. Yeah, that that kind of knocked a lot about confidence from the team mm-hmm. perspective. I felt because everyone expected him to make that, and and so did we, um, but. It's not everything's 
always guarantee that's it. It's football. It's, yeah. Um, but uh, I was going to say something I completely forgot about regards to special teams. Uh, yeah, Chris Jones, I thought solid points throughout the whole game and that. He's yeah. never really he's never really let us down at all. Uh, but I will say is is uh, based on punt return and kickoff return. I'll be honest, like that's probably the most aggressive we've seen, like attacking the ball, trying to gain those yards whenever we do run it rather than yeah. let it go off to the field and just start from the is it twenty-five or twenty yard line? Um that's on the kickoff returns, but on the on the punt returns, yeah, like uh, yeah, we, and we, yeah. Returns on. yeah. No, like we did like you saw CD Lamb and you saw Tony Pollard. Try and make something happen. I mean, oh yeah, if you see how the way they were striding, that they were going and like, yeah, they were going to put the the beating on. Yeah, uh, like there was there was no shackles there. There was no waving the arm trying to call the fair pass. If they had on, they took it. Yeah, yeah, it was like taking the right opportunity in that, and I I love that. It's like. It's just something that we, we're not really accustomed to seeing in the past couple of years. It was just like yeah. we were just being too conservative. Now we're being we're we're going all in. Yeah. And I, and I like that. It might not always work, but it's the effort I appreciate, especially. Yeah. So moving on to the last the last part of the analysis of uh, the weekend's defeat. So the coaching. So. We look, we look, we have a few things there in terms of, you know, the differences between this and the Jason Garrett era. And I think that kind of feeds into the second point um, that, you know, we went for it on fourth down and we had the CD Lamb, Lamb incident. You know, I think McCarthy was a bit more aggressive in what he was trying to do with the team. Yeah. Yeah, potentially. Um Again, I still find like the whole differences from the Garrett era. That there was a fair bit of differences. Obviously, the, the, especially defensively, you can notice there was a big defense. Like, and, and I've already kind of mentioned yeah. it before in terms of how the defensive line was positioned. That was the biggest takeaway I noticed straight off the bat when the first series came in. I was like, ah, I was like, ah, all right, two point stance. All right, okay, that's this is different. Not what yeah. like, but yeah. Uh, don't know what else to really say. Like, really? Yeah. Like, I think, um, I think again, and we, we kind of, we touched on this earlier in terms of, like, the fourth down decision with C.D. Lamb. I think we all said this. Yeah, we, were, we, we all agreed with the decision to go for it. I mean, we've been hamstrung with a coach who was extremely conservative for the gust of 10 years. And we bring in a coach who goes for it on first down and people suddenly don't want that, or on fourth down and suddenly people don't want it. You know, which which is it? You know, yeah. You know, know, you can't, you can't, you can't hang the guy up for for doing what people have been crying out for for years. But um, the other point there that I put down was, you know, that this is the first that hit out. Are we being too critical? Yeah, we've been very overcritical. Yeah, like I mentioned before, I I had to call people out. So listen to what you're saying. It's week one, less preseason. No, sorry, no preseason. No, keep repeating that. Like, like, and and the the comment I kept saying was Rome was not built in one day. Yeah, it takes time for like for especially with the whole new coaching changes and everything. You're you're not expecting Super Bowl tomorrow. 
Yeah. You need to, it, it takes time to build, and especially it comes to team bonding with coaches as well. Yeah. Like that's it the does. big factor. It's all about trust in the day. So, yeah. And and this kind of goes to like what I was just kind of mentioning about Jalen. It's like he might still have trust with the other linebackers that he's not too familiar with. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I think. Look, let's be honest. Um. Um. In terms of this this game and potentially this season, look, teams who are have had very little turnover are, should be doing better this season. You know, yeah. like we've had COVID, we've had restricted training, we've had shortened camps. You know, a team is not familiar. We've had no preseason, so a team like the Rams and we we and discussed and this and off air. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, they are uh, regarded as one of the, the teams to make the playoffs. So, yeah, that just comes to show, like, like, and they've not really lost that rhythm. Like, they've actually kind of like mm-hmm. brought in some new additions to their team as well. Yeah, yeah they have. But um, let's let's uh, let's wrap this up um, with the with the one thing we haven't mentioned so far, and uh, I know I know you're going to be quite passionate about this. So the offensive pass interference call on Michael uh, Gallup. I, I, yeah, I, I'm surprised it took us 54 minutes of this broadcast to even get into that. That is going to be one of the most fucking stupidest things I've ever seen. Like, yeah. Jalen Ramsey, if you ever... like. Fully won't ever see this, but if you ever do see this, you should be given a bloody Academy Award Oscar for that performance, <laughs> mate. Seriously, that was yeah. shameful. Like, honestly, you're worse than Marco Materazzi for Inter Milan. That was shocking. There you go, folks. We give you everything in this show. Marco Materazzi getting the shout-outs. And if anyone who doesn't know Marco Materazzi is, go look up the FIFA World Cup France versus Italy. When Zinedine Sedan gives him the headbutt and how he acts towards it after it, it's like, same idea, same idea. <laughs> but, but, um, it, but, but, but in terms of the actual play, though, sorry, yeah. um, it was bullshit. I'm sorry, yeah. it was a bullshit. Like when I watched it, three, like three, four a.m. What time? Whatever time it was. Mm-hmm. I was going off my nut. It's like, how the hell? It, like, it wasn't exactly like like shoved them out of the way. Like, it, it, all yeah. I did was he broke free from yeah. Ramsey. Ramsey tried to clog them up, and then you yeah. see Ramsey going, yeah, like it was I, like some there's like some a team America, like yeah. the, the whole scene like at the pyramids, like, like I'm it, just like, it very much seemed to be a case like from what I was seeing, it was hand fighting. Yeah. And, at, at the point that Gallup, as you say, broke free, the arm, I think the elbow straightened, which is where they claim that's offensive pass interference that it's it pushing off. I totally disagree with that. Yeah. Such a bad call. It really was. It's, it's a terrible call. I mean, the guys don't, you know, receivers don't seem to be allowed to fight for their space with cornerbacks at all. I mean, I think someone said it, um, I don't know if it was during commentary or I saw it yesterday, you know, that only Jalen Ramsey would have reacted like that, you know? Yeah. And then he, he doubled down on it, and it was either on his Instagram or his Twitter, you know, that he was saying, how is this not pass interference, you, you know, 
I mean, he caught the one frame where Michael Gallup's arm was straight. You know, I mean, yeah, come on. Yeah. And, and that's already the gravity of that, that, like, if you were to run that in motion, he was yeah. already gone. He was already gone by yeah. then. Yeah. So, yeah, Ramsey, you, look, man, <laughs> absolute, absolute joke, mate. Absolute joke. So we've we've, <sighs> we've managed to get nearly an hour out of this show, Paul. I I I was struggling to think we we'd manage it, but we have. No, um, I, mean, I think we've managed to cover it quite well within the hour. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we did so, all right. Once more, I'm just gonna give you remind you all you can follow us on facebook on instagram on twitter the podcast will be up on youtube spotify uh itunes uh i think there's a couple of other uh streaming services that we have i think so i'll need to double check with me but <laughs> i think we're in the mass majority of all the platforms the mass majority yeah. of all the main ones so yeah be sure to uh go and check them out folks um but Please, guys, please don't be shy leaving any comments. Not, um, obviously, we won't be able to do any comments because it's near the end of the show, but especially for the pregame, um, get your comments in. And, yeah. uh, uh, during the broadcast, uh, and we can talk about it, uh, whatever and that. So, yeah, be sure to do that. So just be, before we wrap it up again, reminder to uh, shout out to our sponsor, Mr. Barry Griffin and the guys over at Cowboy Experience. If you're heading over for a game, if 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 there's allowed, if games are allowed uh, and spectators are allowed in, get in touch with them. You'll get to meet and greet the players, tailgating, game day, and there is a special discount for anyone who uses uh, the UK Cowboys um, handle when they, when they apply. But as we say, also keep an eye out for on their webpage, on their Twitter, because they are trying to organise virtual um, tailgating sessions this season. Yeah. Um, so we'll wrap it up at that, Paul. And uh, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll wrap it, wrap it up now. Yeah, for sure. And a reminder for everyone to tune in um, on at nine o'clock on Thursday night. Um, Mike yeah, will so, be Mike will be yes. hosting. Oh, just uh, just a reminder: nine p.m. UK time, um, one p.m. Pacific, and four p.m. Three Eastern. Is it three? Four, four p.m. Eastern, three o'clock in Texas. Yeah, yeah, I I saw, yeah, so, but, but be sure, we'll put the screen at the end of the show, so you can all check out what times that are available as well, but be sure to check the show out on Thursday for the pre-game against the Atlanta Falcons. All right, so thank, my thanks to Paul for sitting through an hour of my t of time with me, and uh, <laughs> take care of one another, and we'll see you soon. See you later, guys, take care.